0: Hi, I'm Tiffany Tegel and I'm Fanny Gabor and we are the co-founders of the Change Agents, a boutique recruiting firm focused on servicing top talent and clients at the intersection of technology and communications.
1: We started the Change Agents because we knew we are stronger together and we want to change tomorrow together with our clients. We are bringing you grounded through change because we love
0: talking with leaders and finding out how they navigated career transformations. We talk about leadership, mentorship, and how to navigate the job market while maintaining peak performance.
1: We hope this podcast inspires anyone who is looking to make a change in their career and anyone who is interested in learning how these industry leaders navigate transitions while remaining grounded through change.
0: I am so excited to be here today with Sophie Hurst, who's the head of people and partner at VSC and VSC Ventures. VSC works with VC-backed startups and customizes a mix of public relations, content marketing, and multimedia to accelerate brands into vertical market leaders. And Sophie is a creative agency veteran with 20 years of experience leading digital brand engagements across retail, lifestyle, technology and startups. I have had the privilege of working with her as an extension, as her recruitment team and hiring some exceptional talent into VSC. Hello, so super excited to have Anne-Sophie here and would love to start with, with your career. I think we always Think a lot about as recruiters, as um, as HR and talent acquisition specialists about other people's careers, and um, and I'm always curious about about how you got to where you are, um, being head of people at BSC.
2: Yeah, I mean, it it definitely wasn't planned. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll say that much. I sort of fell into it. I think in certain ways. I mean, I've been in the agency world for gosh, yeah, like a little more than two decades. Um, and I actually just answered a Craigslist ad to be a project manager at the time at a San Francisco boutique agency that was focused on e-commerce. Um, and that's really where I learned everything about agency because when I joined that agency, had four co-founders and there was about 20 people. And then that this was, you know, 20 plus years ago. So e-commerce was still in its infancy. And a lot of the big brands that you think of today Reebok or, you know, Target or a lot of the beauty products like Benefit, they really didn't have e-commerce um, websites, right? They sort of had mm-hmm. like glossy marketing websites. And so I was there for about seven years. And in that time, we opened an office in New York and we grew to, gosh, like 70 people. And because I had been there so early on and I was running accounts and working directly with the four founders, um, I learned so much about just the running of the agency business and the way it was structured was really around hiring for our own teams, our own project teams that we're on. So even though I technically wasn't, quote, people, uh, a people person then, I had to do a lot of the things that I currently do, um, and I learned that very early on. And then as I continued in agency world, I, you know, had more responsibility and I eventually moved into more sort of managing director and COO roles. Uh, which uh, of course had a lot of people, operations, and and talent uh, under it, as well as client um, work. And then I, you know, got to a point I think where, as many do, a certain point in your life. And my my oldest son was starting kindergarten, and I was really just burnt out. I mean, I had been traveling so much, and I had had my second child, and she was three or four, and I just came home one day and. I burst into tears as soon as I walked in the door and I just couldn't stop. And I, I didn't really, I remember telling my husband that I just had no idea why I was even doing what I was doing. Like, why am I even working so hard? And what am I, what am I even here for? I don't have any time with my kids. And when I am home, I don't really want to hang out with them because I'm too tired. I just want them to go to bed. And he was like, well, listen, you you I I clean the car and there's just like clumps of hair that you're pulling out when you're driving home. Right. You're just so stressed. And I think you just need to really consider leaving and not worry about whether you have another job. And that was really the first time in my life I'd ever been given permission or gave myself permission to do something, excuse me, something like that. So when I did that, that was really a time for me to just reset and really think about what I wanted to do and what was important to me and the type of job that I wanted that was still going to be challenging and, and help me do the things that I felt really passionate about doing, but also take some of the things away that I really was burnt out about. And for me, that came down to just not being uh, on client work anymore and focusing all my time on building teams, uh, because that was really where my passion was bringing great talented people together. And giving them kind of the platforms and the tools and the resources to be able to do really great work for clients and sort of more being in the background and helping to facilitate that.
1: That's amazing. That sounds like a certainly a very difficult career transition. Um, when you're approaching building distributed and diverse teams, what is your process?
2: Well, I talk a lot with our. Partners, Um, we're, you know, five partners now um, at BSC, and most of them work on the client side. And so I get a lot of feedback from them around like, what are the types of people that function really well on our teams? And what are the types of things that they need to be able to do in order to support our clients, which are all early stage founders. And so they have very specific needs and desires and wants. And the way that we work with them is, I think very different than maybe many other agencies work with their clients because usually you're not hearing from the founder themselves, what motivated them or inspired them to sort of start this company. And so our teams are right up close with that. So they have to have a very high level of EQ so that they can manage that um, and, and be also very um, present for the founders. And so, you know, it's hard sometimes we're an all remote company, right? It can be hard to sort of read someone's ability or EQ level um, via Zoom. And so we do a lot of um, interviewing of different levels, right? So I have very junior people. So if it's a account coordinator, that's less than two years of experience. I always have them also meet with an account coordinator to really hear from that person. Like, what is this job really about? What is a day-to-day? Because I don't know that I don't, I don't work that job. Right. as I meet with managers, so they also can see some of the leadership. I think, you know, with Fannie, it, it starts really ultimately with with your talent pipeline, right? So we've done a lot of work, I think, trying to just really be where diverse candidates are. And that is something I would say, like many people, I have come to uh that realization of how important that is and how much work there really is in trying to be in those places the last two or three years. Um, but it really, I think, starts with thinking about who are the people that you want, what do they need to be able to do, how can you sort of make sure that the people you're getting through the door are the, are reflective of the, the kinds of people that also the people on the team uh, want to have beyond or that they see strength in them, because ultimately the team is only going to be as good as how they feel with each other, especially as we're remote, right? We need to give them an opportunity to weigh in. And then, like I said, really starting where where are the people that we're looking for? And so that's a lot harder than just posting on jobs on LinkedIn or Indeed, as Fanny knows, right? It's a big combination of recruiting and sourcing, and then really connecting with um, different organizations that have um, that have a place and that that have um, access to I think people that are more diverse. And then I would say finally that. Since we have been remote, which is after COVID, um, one of the reasons that we really made that decision to be completely remote almost three year, uh, three months into COVID was really just that we saw the diversity of our candidate pool uh, really expand so much as soon as we're remote. Before, we had offices in San Francisco and New York, and uh, as soon as we were all remote, we could hire from all over the U.S., and so diversity is many things, right? Um, it's not just race it's not just age it's not just gender there's also especially in what we do uh, news is very important and how you're seeing and experiencing that news is very different if you live in Alabama versus if you live in New York and the way that you're going to write that story or think about how to service that founder is really different depending on how you see the world around you so um yeah it's been it, COVID in that sense has been kind of the silver lining has been this ability to just build a very diverse team from all over the U.S.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I know we talk about this a lot and, and you touched on it quite a bit, the uh, recruiting challenges. And I'm curious, how do you see that really changed um, between like pre-COVID and with now being remote? Like have the recruiting challenges shifted at all or what would you say are, are the biggest
2: challenges? Um, I mean, I think our particular in in PR I, or agency, maybe I think is more apt is really finding that mid senior level of talent, five to ten years of experience, um, because there's just an overlap at that particular time with life transitions that happen at that stage as well, right? Marriage, mm-hmm. kids, settling down, like, and so agency has a bad rap <laughs> and it, it, uh, you know, we try everything we do to sort of turn that around and, and work against sort of the reputation that agencies have. Um, but the, but the reality is that, you know, when you're working in an agency, you have, you know, five, maybe six different accounts at any given time. And so no day is the same. And that takes, uh, you know, a certain speed and keeping on top of everything. And that can be hard if you're at the same time, um, maybe are trying to slow a little bit down or have other priorities in life. So I think the biggest challenge for us is, like I said, really that mid-senior talent um, in terms of finding people that can lead and have experience in PR and have experience with startup and with tech. Um, And so they've sort of been through the ringer a few times and they understand um, how to work with media. And then the other part I would say, I mean, there's definitely still an issue with um, finding diverse talent in terms of, Racially diverse talent. Um, and that really starts again the pipeline. I would say even, you know, we do a lot of, um, connecting with colleges and we use a lot of our existing team and sort of their alma mater's and their connections into, um, colleges. But it's, it's when I look at my candidate pipeline, like it's not as diverse as I would want it to be. And when I look at sort of who's graduating out of a lot of the PR, the best PR schools, those groups are not super diverse still, right? There's still work to be done in terms of attracting, I think, um, more diverse students into PR. I don't have an answer for why that is, but that's just what I see in the data.
1: Yeah. Interesting. I think diversity just across the board is is certainly a challenge, you know, regardless of, um, you know, the industry, but if, You know, you had one piece of advice uh, that you would give to anyone looking to have a career in your industry. What would it be?
2: Um, Read a lot. (laughs) Read a lot of uh, news. You know, be a curious person. Um, I mean, of course, particular to PR, you have to love to write and you have to love language and you have to. Um, you know, be a good writer. Um, but you also really have to love writing, right? But, but ultimately, if you are a good writer and you like that, then the real difference I see between the people that are really great PR folks and the people that are just okay, still doing a good job, but, but maybe not reaching that like real great level is really just their curiosity and, and how much they read and therefore the way that they think about the world and the way that they're able to put together the pieces of this is happening in the world right now and this is actually a way that my client can be in this conversation or not be in the conversation or or however it is, right? But the critical thinking pieces around the world is happening all around us and it's not just in tech and it's not just in B2B or whatever your client may be. It's really this idea of how can you tell a story that helps your client be in the news that's happening in the world? And to do that, you have to read um, about what's happening in the world and then all the other elements uh, come behind that.
0: Love that. Yeah. That's something, I mean, curiosity is, is definitely one of those things that, that is hard to teach. And, and I think, a, a lot of that comes down to, um, yeah, just being curious about everything and, and the world. Um, what I'm curious about, and I know about this a little bit, but, um, I, I know others might not. Um, how is VSC different from some of your competitors? What are some of the things that that you have built out, and Sophie, when it comes to retaining talent and, and growing talent, and how is that going? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's we listen a lot to our team, so I would say that's number one. And again, I, I read a lot about, and I talk to other, uh, you know, agency owners and business owners about what's going on, and I I try to really stay on top of sort of, how is what I'm hearing from our team matching up against sort of what I see in a lot of media or, or even just um, social postings say, on LinkedIn from people I follow that I know that are also running businesses on their own? So um, I'll use an example of like a four-day work week. That's not something we've implemented uh, yet, but it's definitely something I'm looking at, right, or unlimited PTO. That's something we have um uh, paying 100% of our employees' health insurance is another thing that we implemented a long time ago under just really this umbrella of if you're worried about your health, then you can't be productive at work and you can't really give your full focus because you don't know if you can go to the doctor or what have you, right? So there, I would say there's, like, stages of what we're trying to do, and now we're sort of at this, like, what I'm hearing a lot of teams talk about is, like, well, what would it look like if we had a four-day work week? Because we have a lot of these other things already for us right um, and so we're always really thinking about how it fits with our business model and then also how it fits with what the team is looking at because again for talent in PR and especially in tech PR I would say it's still a pretty competitive market even given what's happening with the market force now especially for those that mid mid-tier level right so I think for us we always try to think about it from what makes sense from a business standpoint and then how can we support that also from a human perspective, so that people can have the most flexibility to live their lives. And that's not just because maybe you're a parent and you need to pick up your kids, right? It's also maybe you have a family member that you're helping to take care of, or maybe your significant other works off ships or what have you. But you, most people need the flexibility in their lives to be able to take care of their life when it happens to them. And so whatever policy we have, we try to work it with that in mind. Like, is this going to help support that? Or is this something that right now is just up in the times and it's something that people are talking about, but it's not really ultimately going to make a dent in the ultimate goal, which is how can we create flexibility for people to be able to manage their life? Because when things happen in life, it's usually like the ones that are hard, they're usually not planned, right? Someone gets Mm -hmm. sick or you have to take care of somebody, you're in an accident, what have you. And so having, I think, a company value that is, you know, when something happens to you, your first thought shouldn't be, oh, my God, I don't know if I can call my boss and tell them that I can't come to work today, right? It should be, oh, let me call my boss or my team. Let me Slack them and say, I'm going to be offline. I'm dealing with this. I'll check back in tomorrow. Here are the important things I'm working on. And then go take care of your life, right? Because that's where you should be. You should not be worrying about your work deliverables. You should be worrying about how to be there for the people that you need to be there for. So I, I think we have managed to create that environment because I see and I hear from our team a lot when these things do happen to them and they come back and they've been able to deal with it, that the sort of the best thing that happened to them was this feeling of, Not dread to call my company to say what was going on, but actually the support and outpouring that they felt for their teams that all would jump in and say, We've got this, don't worry, go take care of it. So, I guess to recap, what I would say is it's really about how do we help support people from just like a human level, and Mm -hmm. then how does it also fit into making business sense? Because ultimately, we're we still, we're still a business. We still have to make the business work or else we can't be there for employees, right? So it has to kind of fulfill both of those. But I think there's plenty of room for lots of companies to have both of those weigh in. I see far too many policies that are really only focused on the business side and that are really antithetical to sort of how people live and how they want to feel valued. I mean, I don't even want to Go into what probably is happening at Twitter, but that's like the most (laughs) awful. (laughs) That's like the most awful example I can think of right now of just really not caring at all. Like I saw, I saw that, um, they got like one day to, to basically come back into the office after having been remote. Like how is that a reasonable expectation to have of any employee at any time to give them less than 24 hour notice to do something that is so stringent on your flexibility? to begin to commute when you have not been commuting for two years. Right. So yeah, not that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I love that. I do think that flexibility and feeling, you know, like, you know, safe and being able to, you know, have your priorities that in the appropriate order is so important. Um, so I love, you know, some of the things that you have implemented there, but, um, Going back to, you know, what, how we initially started the conversation of you having that big career transition, you know, taking a step back to refocus, you know, seemingly very burnt out from the situation that you were in. Um, mm-hmm. What are some of the key daily habits that help you maintain peak performance today without, you know, burning out?
2: hmm well, uh, as Fanny knows, I recently moved back to Copenhagen, Denmark. I'm from Denmark originally. So after 27 years in the Bay Area, I'm back in frosty, wintry Denmark. Um <laughs> But Copenhagen is a very flat city. So it's super walkable. It's super bikeable. So I, I do my, quote, stupid mental health walks every day. I find they really do work for me. Um, I do also try to do yoga a couple of times a week, even just like 10, 15 minutes of stretching for me really makes a huge difference. Um, I have two kids, so I try to, you know, really dive into their world a little bit with them when they come home from school. And, and just, I find that that understanding or even seeing and experiencing like what is important in their world gives me a lot of perspective just on what's really going on in my own and whether or not the thing that I'm stressed about or whatnot is really that important, or if it's just me making it a big deal in my mind because I'm so into what I, whatever it is that I'm doing. And, you know, I have the benefit of of a lot of years behind me. And so I've calmed down a little bit and I have more perspective because I'm older, but I spend a lot of time talking to our team just about, you know, it's very, very hard to sit by yourself In your home, as much as working from home, you know, I will always be a flag bearer for that because I think it does give you ultimate flexibility. Um, but the flip side is it's very hard to be at home in front of your screen all day long and maintain perspective, and so you can get, you know, very upset over things that or take things very hard that really you don't need to take that hard, but because your world is so small in front of that screen, um, it's easy to do that. So setting up, I would say, I'm not crazy about the word boundaries, because to me that feels like I'm trying to keep something out. But setting a schedule for yourself, for example, I think is really helpful, right? So really using your calendar to say, okay, well, this hour I'm going to spend on doing X, then I'm going to take a 15-minute brain break, I'm going to eat a snack, I'm going to do yoga, I'm going to walk, whatever it is I'm going to do. Then I'm going to come back and then I'm going to work for two hours on this thing. And then I, you know, so that you really also schedule those breaks in because otherwise you can very quickly start at eight in the morning. And then next thing you know, it's like seven o'clock at night. And maybe you've just like woofed down some food in front of your computer. And now you've been working so many hours and you feel a little crappy, but you probably haven't been that productive, at least the last three or four hours, but you feel like you have to sit in front of the screen because you have to be working. Right. So this idea of. Creating structure for myself has been really helpful so that I don't feel like I'm just always working and I'm never off. Um, And then I try to stay true to it. My schedule is not the same necessarily every day because I build it around things that I need to do in my life at other times. Um, But I try to stay pretty true to the schedule that I have so that I can feel accomplished when the day ends and I have a clear sense of, well, these are the things I didn't do today. And so my priority is to tackle those tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I also really love what you do with your schedules. Like I know you have certain blocks where you prefer to have meetings and like one day when okay. you take urgent meetings, but you you know it's, it seems more like a a deep work or a focused time because I agree especially at agencies and in recruiting <laughs> we spend most of our most of our time in meetings, but how how do we prioritize, how do we take breaks? Um I hundred percent agree with That timetable, and I try to do that too. And it's never perfect, but, um, but scheduling breaks and scheduling what, what you want to accomplish in that certain time too. Mm I, I find helps a lot as opposed to like, you know, write pitches necessarily, like this is what the exact goal is or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, What does grounded mean to you? Do you, do you have a definition?
2: Um, not freaking out. <laughs> and I shouldn't be freaking out. <laughs> <I'm> freaking <laughs> not yelling at my husband and kids uh, so much. Uh No. I mean, I think for me, I, I know, I guess when I feel grounded is sort of when my shoulders are a little down, you know, they're not all the way up around my ears. I don't have that like pit in my stomach because I feel like my to-do list is just so long. Um, I sort of like do my walk and maybe I notice the colors more and maybe I, you know, smell more roses or whatever, wherever it is that I am. But just that feeling of really, you know, and maybe not as relaxed as like when I've just had a massage, but somewhere in between freaking out and a massage, I feel is grounded <laughs> uh, where I I sort of have a sense of, of, um, of control of my own life, but not, not like in a, not in an anxious way, just more that, I feel like I know where I'm going and I have the tools to get there. Um and that whatever my concerns are and issues are today is just one day and there's another day tomorrow and so if I don't solve whatever it is I'm doing today then you know I can work on it again again tomorrow and and that's okay and that there isn't like this there isn't this um race or thing that I need to get to in order to be on the other side, right? It's just really trying, I guess, to be in the moment and in the day, which is so, so hard. But I, but I think that's probably when I feel the most grounded is when I'm able to do that. And, you know, some days I'm really good at it and other days I really am not good at it at all.
1: Yeah, I love that description. Um and yeah, always just going back to the breath and staying in the present is so important. Uh, whenever I'm future tripping or reminiscing yeah. in the rear view, it's, it's usually not a good space to be in. No. Um, yeah. Um, is there anything that we haven't asked you that you'd like to touch on?
2: No, but I love this podcast and just sort of the different exploration you have of both sort of the career and and sort of the groundedness. And I mean, of course I know Fanny. And so I know that also, you know, we use her for meditation, um, at VSC for the team. And I know that's been a real, um, I think just a real nice thing for a lot of our team. You know, I, I get comments a lot that they say they really feel that, uh, when we start, we do it on Mondays. So they, it starts their week off. Right. And I think like it kind of going back to what we said, like it's, it's a, these little things. Right. And I think a 15 minute meditation session is something that doesn't seem like a big thing. But if it helps start your week being more grounded, then that's that's success in my mind. So I just I love that you guys have kind of both focus, I guess, of of sort of what is how are you really feeling? But then also, how did you get to where you are on what are you really doing? So thank you for having me.
1: Thank, Thank you, you. So much for
0: joining us. This was great, and love the meditation. Kip is also Reiki master, so maybe we can on mm. Monday to the SC as well. Yes, we're, we're
1: we're very big on meditation and the <laughs> vibes all around here. <laughs> it's a must. It's a must to, to stay, uh, you know, sane. <laughs> yes. Yes.
0: Thank you so much for being with us.
1: Thank you. This was Grounded Through Change by The Change Agents. We are a boutique recruitment agency at the intersection of technology and communications.
0: Please visit us at thechangeagents.co if you're looking to scale or looking to make a change. Thank you for being with us. Please subscribe, share, and leave a review.
1: Music for Grounded Through Change was written and produced by our partner, Raman Mama. Please give him a follow too.